1: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Happy Friday and welcome into another edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, he's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. We both write for the old Miss Spirit, omspirit.com at a food of all three. Hey
2: buddy, what's up? There is light at the end of the tunnel, Ben. I think that I have uh, I have crested the hill. I'm almost uh almost done with this weird cough thing that I've had for nearly a month. It's been uh it's it's been not fun. I gotta be honest, when you said
1: that there was light at the end of the tunnel, I thought you were talking about Old Miss Basketball's coaching search.
2: Mm-hmm yeah i did see what i see what i did there see what i did there um yeah yeah, a little bit uh a little bit of both there i think um let's see we're recording this 907 a.m central time um games have not yet started just up the road from me at bridgestone arena but uh i think you would agree with me that i anticipate something today possibly possibly i think there will be an introductory press conference of a head coach on monday or tuesday they don't do those on the weekends. No. Nah. Nah. That would that would not be yeah, that would be weird. Um
1: and I still think yeah. it's Chris Beard.
2: Yeah, I do too. I think it at this point, if it's not, that would be a bigger story. But yeah, I mean, honestly, from a not even basketball standpoint, from a sports standpoint, has there been a more accomplished coach ever to coach athletics at all this? As far as resume on the higher. No. Is it even is I don't even think Sound it's even really close. close. It's <laughs> yeah. Close. This is a legitimate top five coach in his sport. Oh, top five. Okay. Easy. I said yeah. he's 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 easily top ten. Oh yeah. Top five in the sports, that would be what um I'm talking
1: about college basketball.
2: So Bill Self. Okay. Um Tom Izo. Eh. Eh. Top ten. He's on the he's he's kind of on the way out.
1: But the point is, is the fact that you can even debate it. Already it's the most accomplished coach on paper Olmus has ever potentially hired because it hasn't happened yet. And I'll say this yesterday we sure. put up another story on the olmus spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and Fleet of Bone Three that said Olmus was on the verge, according to sources, of hiring Chris Beard as his next men's basketball coach. I didn't know how else to phrase it other than, than to say sources indicate, but like The sourcing is impeccable. So if it doesn't happen and we get egg on our face, I don't care 10 times out of 10 with the sourcing they gave us that, I would believe that sourcing and still do the same thing. Could still end up with egg on your face because coaching searches are fluid.
2: And I would probably venture to guess close to 99.9% sure that you and I talked to different people. And we had both kind of heard around the same time uh, a couple days ago that it was pretty much – done. And then I think I told you last night that the rumor was possibly a Friday announcement and you kind of were like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing too. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, going back to what you said, just because I'm curious now, um, Mm -hmm. because not, not trying to, you know, say you're wrong, obviously, but yeah, I mean, let's look at it. Let's, let's, let's run it. Top five coaches, in college basketball right now i bill self which you know by the way uh hope all is well there um is he still in the hospital did you see this i did see that um what was he in
1: the hospital for
2: i don't i, I only saw a couple tweets early in the day i didn't the rumor was a heart attack but you know i don't want to i'm not reporting that he had He's a not successful
1: coach- medical procedure according to usa today And uh, the first thing when you type in Bill Self in a Google search, it says Bill Self heart attack. So, no, we don't know. But Google says that's what we think it is. And USA Today
2: says he underwent a successful medical procedure. Hopefully nothing serious. He's not coaching the Big 12 tournament. Um, Kansas is going to be the number one overall seed. Um, I'd probably put, at this point, Nate Oates is up there.
1: But if Chris Beard were still at Texas. Yeah, yeah. Where would um, Chris Beard? You would already be talking about Chris Beard. You'd already have mentioned him.
2: Sure. Yeah. That's how good um, he is. I mean, when I say top 10, I was going to say like he's like six or seven. But I mean, shit. I mean, come on. If this guy's going to coach at Ole Miss, I mean, that's a wrap. Like, that's the most decorated coach that's ever been hired.
1: Yeah. Um, on paper, it's not even close. It's not.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I guess you could put Scott Drew in there, John Calipari. Bob Huggins. Thanks. Rick Patino. Jim Boeheim Type. No.
1: Rick Barnes. Kelvin Sampson's. Kelvin definitely Sampson's top five. in there. Kelvin Sampson's a top five guy. Mark yeah. Few at Gonzaga. Let's just assume that you get to six without naming Chris Beard. Tony Bennett at Virginia, I would take Chris Beard. Tom Izzo at Michigan State. I would take Chris Beard. Bruce yeah, Pearl yeah. at Auburn. I love Bruce Pearl, but I would take Chris Beard. Mick Cronin. Eric Musselman?
2: Chris Beard over Musselman, for sure, for me, personally. In the
1: preseason, CBS had Chris Beard, number 13, ahead of him. Matt Painter at Purdue, Rick Pitino, which we're just ranking Rick Pitino based on him being Rick Pitino at this point. I mean, in 2023, Rick Pitino is not the number 11 overall coach in college basketball. He's not. I own a baby. Eric Musselman is 10, if it is Chris Beard and Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin as football coach and Mike Bianco as baseball coach. And acknowledging that not all colleges that are blue bloods in football and or basketball are committed in any real serious way to baseball. That's really a southeast, like, regional sport. Yeah, Ole Miss and State care a lot about it, but Stanford doesn't. Yeah. Would you say Ole Miss has the best big three in the big three sports?
2: Okay, let's look at it. So from the standpoint of the moneymaker football, You've got Lane Kiffin, who won uh 10 games in a regular in the regular season for the first time ever. Never been done before at Ole Miss. He's pri- arguably the biggest brand in college football. One of the most recognizable, you know, names on the internet, on Twitter, whatever. Um, yeah, last season didn't end like they wanted it to, but still a successful season. And the trajectory is still moving forward or moving up. Then you got Mike Bianco, who is the, um, you know, what do they call him? The dean of coaches in the SEC. He's been around forever. Finally gets to the mountaintop, wins a national title. And then it looks like Ole Miss is going to hire Chris Beard to be its basketball coach who has been to a national championship game and has, I mean, won at very different jobs at a very high level.
1: Took three separate teams to the NCAA tournament since 2016, Little Rock, Texas Tech, and Texas. And all three of those programs were dealing with their own problems. Actually, with Texas Tech, got them their first Big 12 title. They'd only won two conference titles in basketball yeah. ever. The only other one was in 1996. It was the South whatever conference. Southwest, yeah.
2: Southwest, yeah. Yeah, 30 wins and the round of 32 at Little Rock in year one. Um, then he gets to Texas Tech. you know, I how long had it been since Bob Knight was there? I mean, and even then they were that was his Swan song. like it, it was whatever. like they weren't great. And then he turns them into a you know a national power in short order, gets them to the title game. I mean, they were I remember watching that game like I actually remember it vividly because for whatever reason. Uh, you can thank Dan Grovat. I just do not like Virginia since that's super regional. Um, and I was pulling for Texas Tech. And I mean, they were two minutes, under two minutes away from getting it done. And then it went to overtime. And once it went to overtime, that was kind of all she wrote. You kind of knew, knew the score at that point because they had their chance. But still, um, I mean, the run they had to that title game, I was kind of doing some research the other day. I mean, they ran through the gamut of like, who's who they beat Michigan, they beat Michigan state and they beat Gonzaga on the, on the way to that national championship game. I mean, it wasn't like they got a, they, you know, they got a good, you know, uh, like in baseball with the, uh, with the NCAA tournament in baseball, where you get a good draw. Like they didn't get a good draw. They got blue blood after blue blood after blue blood. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's very long answer, long winded answer there, Ben. But yeah, I think Ole Miss absolutely has a legitimate argument for having the best, best three coaches in the big three sports. I mean, across the country. I mean, I think in the SEC, absolutely.
1: Lane Kiffin um, isn't the best head coach in college football, but on aggregate, with Chris Beard and with Mike Bianco, in my opinion, it's not close. But you're also working with a. a much more shrunk down pool than you would just picking the top two. I mean, that was a debate back when Auburn hired Bruce Pearl and Gus Malzahn was at his hottest to take it Auburn to the national championship. The question was, has Mm -hmm. Auburn surpassed Alabama or whoever as the school with the greatest one-two punch with basketball and football? But when you add baseball to the mix, well, that regionally shrinks things down. So who's it going to be? LSU? Georgia? Auburn, just think of SEC schools, really.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. You you go around the conference, everybody has a weak link. Texas? Like, like Bama could potentially have a case, but, I mean, O'Bannon's got to get it going for baseball. I mean, Nate Oates and Nick Saban are elite. Yeah. But O'Bannon brings them down. Um, LSU, like, I think Matt McMahon's a great coach, and I think he's going to figure it out at LSU. But right now, they're not there. But Brian Kelly... I think Brian Kelly's up there. He's elite. He's top five. Brian and, Kelly's top five. Um, was it Jay Johnson? Jay Johnson,
1: from it? Arizona, put Ole Miss out in the uh, Arizona Tuscan <clears throat> Super Regional. I almost said Tuscan, Tucson. Yeah. Super
2: and, and honestly, I feel like at LSU for baseball, like you, you have to try to be bad. They have a ton of built-in advantages. They recruit extremely well. I mean, it, that program recruits itself. Um. So yeah. Two elite coaches, then you got one weak link. Um Oklahoma? Texas um, Texas can't be that because Chris Beard is no longer at Texas. Yeah, Oklahoma's got a weak link. Basketball. Yeah. Now they're now they're gonna be fine. And his name is escaping me. Um oh my goodness. He was like one of the hottest names around. Uh Porter Moser. Great coach, but not there yet. But they're going to, yeah, they're going to be fine. And then I think the jury's still out on Brent Venables as a head coach. Uh, very interested to see year two. Uh, and then baseball, I cannot remember their head coach's name, but yeah, he made it to the national championship game last year, uh, national championship series, I should say. Um, so that's a, that's a good one. They got the one week link, but yeah, that's two really good, uh, head coaches, skip Johnson. um, who are the real contenders with Ole Miss, though? If we're truly considering them? Alabama. Alabama. And State doesn't have the football coach or the basketball coach. Now Chris Jans is going to be if he stays, he's going to be good. Yeah, I like Chris Jans a lot. Chris Jans, um But he's not there yet. Not there yet, but look, State's still alive, and I think they're gonna make it to to the tournament. You know who's number two is Tennessee. Yeah. Isn't that weird how people kind of forget about Josh Heupel and how good of a job he's done? (laughs) Rick Barnes, too, You can't get past the round of 32, but still. Well, yeah, I was going to say, him and Matt Painter are like top ten coaches, but once they get to March, they they pee their pants. That's why Um, Chris
1: Beard has to be ranked ahead of them. That's why I don't take the CBS preseason ranking with Chris Beard at 13 and Matt Painter ahead of him particularly seriously because one of those coaches got to the national championship game one of yeah. those coaches got to an elite 8 took here's texas one. who had not been texas for a while under shaka smart to the round of 32 matched right. that that greatest accomplishment for a coach in front of him is just nonsense
2: here's another one it's it's i think two uh i give them one elite cuz look they're peaking at the right time right now and they they if they make the tournament they're going to be a problem kentucky John Calipari, he's won a national championship. I think that's makes you elite. Um, Mark uh Mark Stoops, good football coach. And then Nick Mingioni, he's okay. Mike Bianco wins that one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A million times out of a million times. But I'm just saying
1: Well, Mark Stoops and Lane Kiffin are considered in the same kind of uh space, in my opinion,
2: right now. Yeah, they're kind of that same same tier. Same tier. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, we can't come up with an answer. I mean, now let's look nationally. Might be a little harder.
1: Not really. Name me USC's head coach right now in baseball.
2: (laughs) Don't Google it. Same with Ohio State, Michigan. Now here's one, Florida State. No. They, They just hired Link Jarrett. No. And they got Mike Norvell, who. No. Don't look now. He's doing really well. Now, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying in the same realm, not but saying that
1: because Mike Bianco wins that one.
2: Yeah. But Mike Bianco is them... the Trump card of this entire debate. Well, yeah. He just won a title.
1: Yeah. Cause all these other coaches in football and basketball are comparable. That's why it, it, the, the pool is much smaller. Now, if it's, it's not, not just the criteria of winning a national championship, because if you really just look at blind resumes, well,
2: yeah, Mike has now, the one
1: title, but he's two and nine in Omaha advancement opportunities. You don't hold it against him anymore because they did the thing. They won a title, that,
2: that and he's he's gonna get the all time wins record yeah. in the SEC.
1: Yeah, Skip Bertman was his mentor. Skip went to LSU, stayed at LSU, didn't move around. Mike doesn't want to move around. He's always wanted to stay here. He just hasn't won enough. One and eight in Omaha advancement opportunities was ugly enough, and he was being fired in May when they were 7-14 and in the SEC. Then they rattle off wins. Everybody thought it was over for sure with a first-round exit in the SEC tournament. And Mike, being the accomplished coach that he is, went to work campaigning friends on the selection committee, including John Cohen, and they gave him a break, and he used that break. That's what good coaches do. That's what good program heads do, and what did they do? They they win 10 of their 11 postseason games and win a title, and the whole story changes. It's remarkable. It's truly one of the most remarkable Ole Miss stories to ever be written because they booked all the demons. They exercised all of them, beat Arizona in the postseason, which had dealt in that awful, awful, (laughs) miserable Sunday with Taylor Broadway. I mean, Mike. That year it sucked because Mike had changed who he was philosophically as a baseball coach. He wasn't just the same old-school traditionalist. They bunted the least amount of, the, of any team in the SEC. And in the deciding game, the season on the line, go to Omaha, go home, he went with an opener, Taylor Broadway, which was the right call, the best option by far, and it didn't work out. So even when he tried something else, tried something different, it wasn't beating his head against a brick wall. He tried and it still didn't
2: work. I think that like that showed like that was when you were like okay, he's cursed. <laughs> yeah, I I was also going to say like that's like okay, I'm seeing some growth and some like he finally was like I got to try something else.
1: Yeah, but mine was the other side of it. I was like, he's cursed, man. He's got to be cursed. Because where else do you see this kind of stuff? Like Bloody Monday when almost lost back-to-back to Tennessee Tech? They were going to dominate that series, and then weather comes in. And Ryan Rollinson, the best day of his, of his life is as far as a baseball player, getting drafted in the first round by the freaking Rockies, and he can't celebrate it because it's the worst Ole Miss baseball day ever. It's historically <laughs> awful stuff. Yeah. That, like, any – one or two of these things with any other program would have probably been too much to overcome. But yet, Ole Miss kept coming back and winning the regular season and doing the same thing every postseason. And yet, what did they do? Southern Miss, which had been a thorn in their side for so long,
2: they swept them uh, at that their was, place. Dog That them. was That was when I think Ole Miss fans were like, this is just too cruel. Like, you get through Cole Gable's. Coral Uh, Gables
1: was an exorcism of demons because that Miami team, historically, I mean, they came to Oxford and got out, beating Ole Miss. I mean, there was always a history with every team they faced. It was like in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, when he has to go up against every single one of her old girlfriends. You know, it's like that. It was like that. All right, get Arizona. Now you're getting Miami. Now you're getting Southern
2: Miss. Well, they had already gone to Coral Gables, you know, way back when in a regional and just got smoked smoked good god you just you just connected all of the dots with mike bianco is scott pilgrim
1: yes and the he, Trump defeated, card, he
2: defeated he defeated all
1: the bosses know. he did wow that wow. team truly just got hot at the right time and it was always there it's always been there we've always just wanted to see one team one Ole Miss baseball team because that's the sport baseball has always been the one sport at Ole Miss where every year you could say with a straight face that team can go win a national championship and you've been able to say that for 20 years but every single year they do what they do now there have been some exceptions to the rule I think three of them but almost every single year They dominate, they kick ass in the regular season, and then something catastrophically horrible happens in the postseason. And it's stuff that, like, for lesser people or or fans who haven't dealt with this kind of misery before, on-the-field result misery like Ole Miss fans have, you'd be like, God, what what did we do to deserve this? Why do you do this to me, God? You you think to yourself, man, if I could have just been raised as an Alabama fan. And yet, they go into the postseason as the last team in, and not only – Do they win a title? They win it by obliterating the field. A good field in Tennessee with Tony Vitello, the hottest team in college baseball. They're the new wave. They're the hot team. And Ole Miss wins that title and they stay home after a super. Maybe they have become the cursed school. Because now Ole Miss can say, hey, at least we got a title. Tennessee can't. So if you're having this debate, Mike Bianco, not only is he Scott Pilgrim, Mike Bianco, is the absolute trump card. Yes, if if you're considering the big three sports, Mm -hmm. Ole Miss, if it hires Chris Beard, will have the best on aggregate big three.
2: Auburn is in there too. I've said that. Did you say
1: Auburn? Yeah.
2: Okay, sorry, I didn't hear it. Lane
1: Kiffin and Hugh Freeze are the same.
2: Because Butch Thompson is a hell of a coach. But he hasn't won a title. Hasn't won a title, but he's a good coach. And then Bruce Pearl is obviously a really good basketball coach. And then Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. Yes,
1: but again, but you're still, my, it's you're making my point. Mike Bianco well, is the trump
2: card. I'm I'm making the point we're, we're hand in hand here. You can say, "Man, the SEC has all these good," and then it's like, "Nope, not even close."
1: Nope. And what's funny is some Ole Miss fans, when Ole Miss was seven and fourteen and fiery Mike Bianco last May, Butch Thompson was on the hot list. They had taken him in a heartbeat.
2: And now, no, it's not even close. Because You've, like that's the thing, is like Bianco's resume was elite. He yeah. just had that one slot that wasn't filled yet.
1: Well, it, it's more than that. I mean, he it was elite, except there were two really ugly black stains on it. Specifically, no title, but worse than that, because a national title always seemed fantastical as an old miss person. So the title, yes, that was a problem, but it was one for eight. One in eight. One in eight in Omaha advancement opportunities over his career. Not, you know, two and seven, not three and six. And God forbid it was four and four, because then you're like, oh, man, this guy's got everything except the title. It was one and eight. And then he goes I mean, in and just dominates, which is great. That's all anybody ever wanted. Mike Bianco included. I mean, it's his job till he retires. No one will ever wear number five again in Omaha baseball history, and they shouldn't. And all of that is validated by a title. And that's why this time last year, Butch Thompson, oh, yeah, you could have made this argument and said, oh, I think Auburn might be better. Now on aggregate, with a title, oh, it's not even close. Your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for both Ole Miss baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the pledge per win and pledge per home run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting GiveToAthletics.com slash donate. That's GiveToAthletics.com slash donate, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. six six two nine one five seven one five nine. 662-915-7159. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. It's a new year, and that means setting new goals for yourself and your family. And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. Because the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills, so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I could take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you But, again, though, you're having to add the caveat of the best big three. If it was just the best big two, that's a completely different conversation in my opinion. Now, Ole Miss is still in there
2: because Chris Beard is that good Lane Kiffin is a top 10 coach at least. He's not even top 25 according to Paul Feinbaum. Oh, good Lord. Paul said that? Dude, have you not seen this? No. Uh, You're really going to laugh. All right, so college football head coach rankings. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. This is Bruce Feldman. Not fine Number one, Nick Saban. Okay. Number two, Kirby Smart. Yes. Three, Dabo. Fine. Four, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Five, James Franklin. Okay. I think Ryan Day should be higher. He should be higher than
1: James Franklin.
2: Yeah. Seven, Lincoln Riley. Okay. Eight, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly should be sixth. Nine is Kyle Whittingham. I think he should be higher. Kyle Whittingham does not get enough credit for how good he is. He does not. Number 10, are you ready? Please don't say he frees. Lance Leipold. Come on. I love Lance Leipold. But,
1: but he's not come. the 10th best
2: coach in the oh. country. No. Um, all right, real quick, running through 11 through 20. Luke Fickle, Dave Clawson, Chris Kleiman, Chip Kelly, Matt Rule at 15. I put Matt Rule at 10, but that's because I would have Lane Kiffin at 9 or 11. When's
1: the last time he was a college coach, though? It doesn't matter. Steve Spurrier, when he came back to college, just because he sucked with the Redskins, Man. then the Redskins, doesn't mean that you know, Steve Spurrier isn't still a great college football head coach. Chip Kelly being ahead of Lane Kiffin is hilarious. Chip Kelly back when he was at Oregon? Oh, absolutely. He's top Six.
2: Sixteen, Kalen DeBoer. I don't even know who that is. Is that terrible? Who's that? He's he's Washington's head coach. Oh, okay. Really good coach. Okay. Uh, Seventeen, Jimbo Fisher.
1: Good lord.
2: Okay, this is where it gets fun. Eighteen, oh, Jimbo
1: mar- just skate and buy on that title. And hey, man, he got a title. And resume That's, wise, yeah. it's, it's Mike Bianco.
2: So okay. Eight, Eighteen, Mark Stoops. Okay. All right. Um. Big Mark do you Stoops have a, over
1: here. I love that guy. Do
2: you great. have a shot glass or anything handy to you know ease the pain here? 19, Hugh Freeze. See, what are we doing? What are we doing? He's got Jimbo, Mark Stoops, Hugh Freeze, all ahead of Sonny Dykes at 20. You strain credibility when you don't even have Wayne Kiffin listed. Come on. And then here are some that are pretty egregious. Mike Norvell and Josh Heupel, 21-22. They should be higher. Josh Heupel should be in the top 15. Kirk Ferentz at 23. Oh, please. In 2023? And then he's got Burt at 24. Brett Bielema. Love Brett Bielema. Here's, here's a sneaky good one. I'm glad he's getting some props. My guy Troy Calhoun at Air Force at twenty. Troy Calhoun,
1: he's steady as they come. Troy Calhoun's always... A member of every hot list for every job that comes open that never gets hired. Everybody can talk to themselves into it. Administrators, fans. I've said,
2: them. I've said for years that Vandy should have hired him and just just gone all in on running the option and just made life miserable for the SEC for one week out of the year. Oh, that have been great. Yeah, or for every too. team one week out of the year. But he's the but, one
1: where where every single school says to themselves, "Well, if the worst you do is Troy Calhoun, <laughs> but that never gets you hired. It's always." Hey, man, if the floor is Troy Calhoun, he's the floor, but never the ceiling. He's never the choice. But Troy Calhoun deserves to be in the top 25 easily. But it strains credibility from Bruce to not
2: even include Lane amongst that group. That's insane. Where do you have him then? And this isn't just because this is an Ole Miss podcast. Lane Kiffin is a top 25 coach easy in college.
1: If Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Mississippi State and I saw that list, I would feel the exact same way. I firmly disagree. (sighs) As far as Chris Beard, Chris Beard says we're talking about the Big Three, and Chris Beard could be soon a part of the Big Three for Ole Miss
2: in uh, his three major sports.
1: Have you heard about any potential assistance for him?
2: As a matter of fact, Ben, I have, and uh, you can read all about them at omspirit.com, part of on3.com. Yeah, so last night I talked with a couple people, um, some familiar names that have been making the rounds on uh, the Internet, people putting, uh, you know, Two and two together with former uh, assistants. Uh, the names that I have heard the most, though, um, Glenn Cyprian, who uh, most recently assistant coach at Georgia Southern. Uh, the dude's been coaching for three decades. Um, he's been everywhere from UNLV, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Kentucky, Memphis, A&M, and then he worked for Chris Beard at Texas Tech. And um, now he's at Georgia Southern with uh, another name that is on here. But um, listen to this. Quite the CV for Mr. Cyprian in terms of recruiting. He's uh, recruited guys such as Tony Allen, Will Barton, Patrick Beverly, DeAndre Liggins, Sean Marion, Jody Meeks, Chris Middleton, and Patrick Patterson. That's pretty good. Also, very cool if it happens because his nickname, Sip.
1: I just love it that in the year of our Lord, 2023, on the front page of the Old Miss Spirit is a picture of my guy, Bill Armstrong, former home assistant. There's Bill. Yeah,
2: That's my dude. There he is. Look at Bill. Um, Bill, also a name that I have heard now. Um, still potential waiting game there with NCAA stuff, which he could still be hired. He would just not be an on-court assistant. And, you know, probably potentially have to wait to get on the road, but just would just be a tremendous asset on the staff regardless. Um, He is now the head coach at link year prep, which is a postgraduate Academy in Missouri, um, which just so happens to have a ton of talent. Um, Crazy how that works. Very crazy. Um, He has four blue chip guys on the uh, team right now. One is uh, a five-star point guard committed in North Carolina and then three other four stars. But, um, yeah, was on Will Wade's staff at LSU um, and then spent six years under Andy Kennedy um, as an assistant and then was also the coordinator of basketball operations. Um, but, yeah, when he was at LSU, he was, you know, the the assassin for Will Wade. I mean, the dude would go out and just get anyone. Um, signed five-star uh, Naz Reed, Javante Smart, Marlon Taylor, Emmett Williams, Darius Days. Uh, Cameron Thomas was a freshman All-American. Bill Armstrong was his primary recruiter. And then uh, Mawani Wilkinson. Uh, The guy is as elite as it gets when it comes to recruiting. And, um, you know, obviously was good enough as as a recruiter, but also a basketball mind. Andy Kennedy eventually made him an assistant. Will Wade hired him as uh, his associate head coach. Um, And then now he's coaching at a uh, post-grad program up in Branson, Missouri that has a ton of talent. So that would be a uh, huge get for uh, a potential staff. If you can get something like that, cause it's not going to automatically, you know, Hey, all these guys that I coach are going to come here now, but it certainly helps. Um, so, yeah, he would probably, if I had to guess would be, you know, kind of working side by side with, uh, with Cyprian there in terms of recruiting. Um, but in coaching circles, people consider him to be an elite recruiter um, he has a ton of AAU connections, and um, that would be a big time pull. Couple other names that I've heard. Brian Berg was uh just let go at Georgia Southern, but um he uh hired Cyprian and then he worked with Chris Beard at Little Rock and Texas Tech and um another guy, really good recruiter, but also um philosophy um and scheme wise pairs nicely with Chris Beard. Both emphasized defense and toughness. And um his teams uh didn't win a didn't win a lot of games at Georgia Southern, but um teams always were really good defensively. Uh, his first year they were fourth in the Sun Belt scoring defense, first in turnovers forced and third in steals. And um he had uh, a uh, assistant coach role at Campbell um in 2010. They won the uh, Atlantic Sun regular season title, and they set program records for wins and conference wins, uh, conference wins, and they were second in the country in steals per game. So very defensive-minded. That's kind of Beard's bread and butter is um, they are going to – one through five, they are going to attack you defensively, and they are going to be very athletic and get after you. And then the uh, final name, which uh, I was told this morning, um, could potentially – um, you know, there's some some extenuating circumstances there. But Chris Ogden was an assistant coach at Texas. Um, here's a fun fact for you, Ben. He's Texas's all-time winningest player.
1: Rodney Terry is currently coaching Texas. He is he's been Chris Beard's lead assistant for a long time. If he gets that job, he's they're gonna be like a two seed in the tournament. Um, and yeah, I, I would I would be, I would expect that he's gonna get the interim tag taken off and become the head coach, but if he doesn't, you have to put Rodney <clears> Terry <throat>
2: Yeah, I I do wonder what Texas because they're going to be in a tight. You know, shout out to the Cohen brothers. Uh, we're in a tight spot here um, because you know this is kind of where you, you put the interim tag on a guy and then he makes a run. But I mean, at this point, it's 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 certified. I mean, yeah. they're going to be a they're right now. Bracketology has him as a two. Um, he's done a phenomenal job keeping that team together after everything that happened. But then they just they just didn't skip a beat.
1: He deserves the job. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, this I mean, isn't this isn't Matt Luke taking Ole Miss to six
2: and six and he only gets to six and six <laughs> by beating no. a bad Mississippi State team. No, no, no. Yeah. He um no, he's 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 bona fide. Now yeah, they're, the <laughs> they're a friggin' two seed, man. Um and honestly, yeah, if
1: Chris Beard was still at Texas, Rodney Terry might be on a short list for Ole Miss as an yeah. assistant to one of the greatest coaches in college basketball.
2: Um, but yeah, Chris Ogden, um close to 20 years overall at Texas as an assistant. Uh, briefly had a detour, was the head coach at UT Arlington. um, Sunbelt Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, There in his first year, they went 17 and 16. Um, But he returned to Texas when Chris Beard was hired. Um, Here's an interesting thing that I read in his bio, which Ole Miss fans, perk your ears up here. Um, Chris Beard put him in charge of, for lack of a better term, student engagement, like student ticket sales. And, uh, they had like a student only game and they had almost 3000 students there. And then, you know, what do you know that kind of rubs off on overall attendance and, uh, ticket sales went up from eighty-eight hundred and eighty-two to 9,287, which was a single season ticket sales record for Texas. Um, so obviously very good off the court with, uh, you know, pressing the flesh, Getting people excited about basketball, but um, worked with Chris Beard at Texas Tech, and uh, he, he was the primary recruiter for Zaire Smith, who was a lottery pick in the NBA. Um, so yeah, another really good recruiter. Um, I, I did uh, I was told that that he could be weighing some options, but um, he is a name that is uh on the potential shortlist there. So some really good assistants. There's probably going to be some more names that'll pop up here and there, but. Um, but yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of ties to Chris Beard at former stops and, um, a good mix of, you know, Cyprian, a guy that's been in the business for 30 years. He coached in the, uh, in the NBA D league, um, was a head coach there. So he's got connections to the NBA, but then also he's coached, you know, everywhere in college basketball. And then you got a mix of, you know, guys that are young been head coaches elsewhere, but have worked with beard. So they know how he operates. They know, you know what he wants that locker room to look like, what he wants out of the players, um, schematically, um, you know, between the ears, how they, you know, who they want to recruit, what type of player they want to recruit. Um, and, and I think you can, you can see the theme here with most of these guys on this list. They're all not only can recruit, but they can develop, um, you talked about that with Joe Cook um, from Texas's on three site inside Texas. It just Chris Beard not only can prioritize and can locate top talent, but he gets them, he signs them and then he gets them in. And once they get in that program, he develops them and they play. Cause as we talked about on the show, that was a issue with Kermit. He could get top talent, but just could not find a way to flip that switch. Usually
1: when we come together, there's at least a partial recruiting angle to it. And I have some Chris Beard Ole Miss recruiting questions. So let's do a recruit check.
0: Check it. it. Recruit
1: check. Do you think Chris Beard tries to get Josh Hubbard back
2: immediately? Oh, I think he does. I would probably think so. I think that would be a, a good move for... Local recruiting. I was and told also, by someone
1: yesterday that if Chris Beard is the guy for Ole Miss, both Josh Hubbard and Chris Beard, yeah, they're gonna want to talk.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, come on. He's the all time he's the all time leading scorer in state history, which make all the jokes you want. Mississippi has had some dudes that play basketball. And here's what the text I, says it says watch out on Hubbard if it's beard. Well, I know Jordan Burks is waiting to see who Ole Miss hires, and I'd imagine that if it's Chris Beard, that Jordan Burks ain't going anywhere. Um, I would also think that Rashad Marshall would rethink some things as well. Yeah, but Chris Beard has to want these kids too. Well, yeah. that yeah, that's true. But Rashad Marshall ain't, ain't no baby now. He he can play. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying that also about Josh Hubbard and can pull the rope in the same direction here. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, Hubbard can play. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, I was just thinking in terms of like his. His past teams, I feel like he could find a way to work him in schematically. But for the most part, Beard's teams would have bigger guards. But um, but look, if you can if you're a bucket, you're a bucket. If you can score, we'll figure out a way to work you in. He's gonna
1: aspire to recruit nationally. That's what he's always done. He's yes. gonna be involved in those conversations. So if it's Josh Hubbard who I think Josh Hubbard is that good of a recruit, though. So I think he'll he'll talk to him, and I think Josh Hubbard will be receptive to that. But the three players that were said to me yesterday that Chris Beard would want to definitely talk to and try to keep Jamin Brakefield, Matt Morrell, and Amari Abram. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Now, where that's your path two. toward next season, really trying to contend because Jamin had a really good year. I think Amari Abram is a
2: stud, and Matthew Morrell, he's just been waiting to be unlocked for three years. Brakefield has nowhere else to go, but I do think he closed the season really strong. Yeah. Another guy that doesn't have any more eligibility, and I wish he did because I think he really started to come into his own, Miles Burns. He, to me, is like a guy that Chris Beard would love to have. Yeah, he's like the poorest of poor men's Jared Culver's, but still. Uh, I mean, he honestly, Glenn Cyprian recruited and, and coached Tony Allen. I feel like Miles Burns is that kind of guy. Like, he doesn't care about points. He doesn't care about stuff in a stat sheet. That dude just wants to get after you and play defense and then just dunk anything he can. Now, Tony Allen didn't do that. He was all about defense. But Miles Burns was a guy that knew exactly the type of player he was and did not care. Well, see, the frustrating I,
1: thing for me about this basketball season, especially watching Win Case take him to a 2-3 and three record in five games, and good on Win. he's one of the best people in this business that really, quite frankly, is filled with a lot of bad people. He's a good one. I consider myself amongst the bad people. I'm not judging anybody. Uh, but for Wynn to have success was great. They were three and fifteen in the SEC in the regular season. Wynn got one of those wins. At one point, they're two and two in SEC games under Win. In my opinion, it hasn't been about necessarily the talent. Yes, they do have talent issues. They do have areas where they need to improve. But Jamin Breakfield is a winning basketball player on a winning team. Um, he maybe he wasn't last year, but that's a developmental win for Kermit, which quite frankly, he didn't have enough of, very few, precious few of. Amari Abram has talent, real talent. Matthew Morrell has next-level talent. In the preseason, he was ranked as a uh, by ESPN as a top-30 NBA draft pick. Some said he had lottery potential, but he's just never been able to be unlocked. So you want those players to form the foundation of a winning basketball team in year one under Chris Beard. Those guys can be winning players. They proved it. They went 2-2 two and two in the SEC. And I know the competition wasn't great, but forget the final score against Tennessee. Even that effort was more inspired than what you'd seen for months under Kermit. So for me, yeah. it was less about the talent, and maybe just everything had grown so stale. You had to move on. It was less about mm-hmm. anything else than they just couldn't listen to Kermit anymore, with his quick hooks on the sideline and his quick temper and all this kind of stuff. When he's a different personality than Kermit. Kermit's a great dude, but he'll tell you he's hard now. He coaches hard. Wins a little bit looser. It's a nonstop smile. I'm not saying that like that one way is right, one way is wrong. Kermit Davis was a tremendously successful head coach in college. He says he's retiring. His way worked. But for this season, just under this microscope of one year, the voice just wasn't working anymore. I mean, it was proven. It was borne out by when winning two of four games, when they'd only combined to win two when Kermit was fired. They'd won a combined six in two years in the SEC. It was Kermit at that point. So Chris Beard's not coming in having to go sign 13 transfers, maybe like he did at Texas or wherever. There are some guys that can contribute to real winning basketball. Matthew Morrell is a coveted
2: player. What else is happening? an Ole Miss recruiting? Anything football-wise before we get out of here? End of the month, they're going to have some big names coming in town. Two quarterbacks, Demon Williams, the 24 commit, and Antoine Hill, the 25 target. I think it's their top target at quarterback in 2025 um, out of Houston County High School in Georgia. The staff loves him. He's very, very intrigued by Ole Miss. I talked with Jeremy Johnson um, when I was at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta, and uh, he thinks Ole Miss has a real, real legitimate, with a capital L shot at getting him. Um, Big-time arm, big athletic kid, um, still growing into his body a little bit, but can make all the throws, can can run, but not a, you know, doesn't – He's kind of one of those doesn't want to get lumped into the dual threat box because he wants to be a stand in there, make all the throws type guy. But if he has to, he can take off and run and make you pay. Um, and then, man, in-state, I think that you're going to continue to see them hammer away. Um, they got a commitment from Fred Clark earlier this week, um, a guy that is really starting to to catch some eyes on the recruiting trail. Alabama's been really interested in him. Um, hasn't gotten an offer from Nick Saban yet, but but Alabama was beaten down the door. Ole Miss got a commitment from him. And uh, I think you're going to continue to see them chip away, guys like Patrick Broomfield, who came in town last week. Um, I, I wrote about it, talked with him. You can read that at Ohm Spirit. Pretty cool um, story there with Kinoto Hudson, the new cornerbacks coach, who coached several guys that were at the Combine, in uh, Indianapolis. And he opted to stay in Oxford for Broomfield's unofficial visit, which he said meant a lot to him. Um, Cause you know, he obviously could have gone and, and been there for the guys that he coached elsewhere that were at the combine. And, you know, the most important job interview they're ever going to have. And he chose to stay and, and, and hang out with him. Um, the portal still turning. There's one name out there. I, it's been quiet, but Shane Hooks, the uh, former wide receiver at Jackson State released a top five. Ole Miss is in it. Um, Colorado is also in it. So obviously the Dion connection there. Um, I would keep a keep an ear to the ground there. Um, Ole Miss could you know certainly use another big physical wide receiver because you can't have too many of those. But um, but yeah, I think you're you're going to start to really see them hone in on the 24 class at the end of this month and heading into April. Now spring practice is going to keep them busy, but they're going to bring a ton of guys in to watch spring practice. Um, that's been kind of the consensus that I got from everybody that I've talked to over the last month is Ole Miss wants them to come in and see them work and see a practice and, and do all of that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it right now. It's been kind of quiet. You know, guys are starting to get out and go to camps. Uh, I'll be in Austin, Texas for the OT7 event. Um, big seven on seven tournament. I'll be there at the end of the month to, uh, DeMond Williams will be there. Uh, mesh Academy. That's Mike Espy and Shea Hodges seven on seven team. They will all be there. Guys like Braylon Burnside, Norrell white, JJ Harrell, um, Emil Picarella, 25 quarterback target. Um, they'll all be there competing. Um, so yeah. ton of content coming out of that, but, uh, but yeah, I think, football recruiting is going to start to pick up here um, towards the end of March and heading into April for sure. Cause I think the uh, you know, we we talk about ad nauseum, the clock has sped up for guys now with December and um, more and more guys been that I talked to are saying they want to get a commitment out of the way before their senior season. So they can focus on trying to win a state championship. So um, and I do think that Ole Miss will be much more active in the high school ranks in this cycle because of the uh, depth of talent, not only, Uh, in the state of Mississippi, but I think they're going to want to continue to build that quality high school depth because as you know, you can't always hit the transfer portal and get those one year stopgap guys. Um, So they're going to want to try to continue to add those uh, elite prospects that are at the prep level.
1: Well, it's 10.03 AM on this Friday, March 10th, 2023, and still no Chris Beard announcement or anything like that. I get why Ole Miss fans get restless. I do. I get period. why old Miss fans uh, get uneasy. They're so used or they had been so used to, having the rug pulled out from under them. But remember, the curse has been broken. Mike Bianco, the trump card for Ole Miss the Big Three debate, he broke the curse. So, yeah. if it's not Chris Beard, I can't wait to hear what didn't happen. <laughs> I would feel bad
2: for the guy who is the hire if it wasn't Chris Beard. Oh, there's no winning there.
1: Because if you're Keith... You can't let it get this far publicly without right. either killing it because it ain't going to happen or making an announcement.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, look, it the cat got out of the bag in Nashville, and, I mean, everybody's talking about it. National, you know, you got John Goodman, uh, Jeff Goodman. John Goodman. You got all um, these coaches saying stuff. You have one yeah.
1: Case being asked about it. You do not let it get this far without either killing it or making an announcement.
2: We're both big J school guys. We know the deal with the Friday news dump. It's probably, I mean, it's still, it's not even lunch yet. Maybe we
1: don't get a Friday news dump. Don't treat it that way. Cause your PR approach needs to be proactive. If, and when this happens, you need to have a big old pavilion. Welcome. Just like with Lane Kiffin, get up there and say, we vetted him and we felt satisfied. And I'm excited to announce Chris Beard as our head coach and let Chris Beard say, I messed up. I'm thankful to Texas. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I'm going to give you my best. And that be the answer every single time you're asked. And in two weeks, there will be no more discussion about it because that is the hypocritical nature, not only of the news cycle and national media types, but just the world in general in 2023. We all move on very quickly.
2: Do you think that he will have some kind of because, like, like, Lane Kiffin had the, uh, what was it? We didn't come here to be good. We came here to be great. He had, like, the catchphrase to get people fired up. What kind of thing do you think Chris Beard might do in, like, an introductory press conference, whatever? Like, what do, what do you think his, like, one-liner might be? I don't know, but I know what it can't be. Well, that's one heart, fun. One heartbeat <laughs> in the day. I think he might do something where he might look up or look around and say, you know, hey, you know, I don't, I don't I don't, see many banners up here um, for any time recently. Like, let's try to add some or something like that.
1: That'd be great. That'd be fine. Don't say Mississippi made. I know you've been staying in a Mississippi house since December. Uh, don't say, you know, you don't have to be blood to be family. Because let's be honest, you're here to do one thing. <laughs> Win basketball games for Ole Miss that don't usually get won by Ole Miss basketball. So do that thing. Oh, Ole Miss basketball. Historically, it's been tough. But now I'm here. And that's all. That's It's simple. It needs to be very simple. But it needs to be proactive. So you don't have to news dump it on Friday, which is typically saved for bad news. That's why it's called the Friday News Dump. And you don't hold press conferences on the
2: weekend. Also, don't say, let's ride. I used to say that all the time, and now Russell Wilson's ruined it. Because it was like a nod to Gone in 60 Seconds. With, Gone in 60 Seconds. With Nicolas Cage. Is a shitty movie. What? It's a shitty movie. Oh my gosh! We we have to
1: go in this the podcast. Has been Talk of champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. Both right for the Oldman Spirit. OldmanSpirit dot com. food of all three. Thank you, buddy. We'll do it again. See you, man.